0: So oh, hello and welcome to Pudding Ain't Easy, where we're going to run down the next four episodes of the. um, I forgot what they're bloody called now. Uh, <laughs> it's just gone. The bad bats. The bad bats. That's it. <laughs>
1: this, is, this is worse than I fuck up last week. <laughs> My mind just went
0: black. I'll start that again, but my mind just went black. I don't know why. Come get on the train.
1: Crippin' <laughs> <laughs> ain't easy.
0: Hello and welcome to Pudding Ain't Easy. We're here today to go through the Bad Batch episodes two to five. And with me, as always, my co-host, the Omega to my hunter, it's Scott (laughs) McLeod, everybody.
1: Yes, and if you've seen the episode, especially episode two, you know that means that he's reluctant to have me along with him. He'd easily, he'd happily pawn me off to somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I have been trying <laughs> Nathan said fuck no I'm not taking him Reese didn't let him on red <laughs> I mean there, there
0: was only Liam but Scott came running screaming and crying from Liam so I don't even know what happened there
1: that's between me and my therapist
0: <laughs> those bills are going to stack up big time
1: <laughs> absolutely so, Scott, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Uh, something quite fun to have to be uh weekend before last. Uh, I've technically got myself a film credit uh, because ages ago, this was pre-pandemic, I, my friend, uh, David Campbell, who actually appeared on Rogue of Bands 4 as a guest on the Armageddon review for the Rogue Rachel Smackdown, he was making this film. With our friend, Andy, who's so began to wrestling. So they made this kind of mockumentary film called Andy Mitchell wants to be a, a wrestler, and they did a, a wrestling scene. And I went along to, uh, as an extra. I was in the crowd uh, for the when they filmed the match. And Andy actually went spent a year at a local like wrestling school, like learning how to wrestle. And then his opponent in the film was our friend Stephen, who was also a wrestler for a while. So they put they put together a really cool match. It was quite funny to watch. But then one uh, of the guy characters in the film was American and uh, the guy who played him basically told David right before the pandemic uh, yeah I need to go back to America and so we re- t- re- told the movie uh, to make a movie about a failed movie so now it's called 10 Reasons Not to Make a Movie uh, where David basically plays a exaggerated version of himself basically blaming everybody but himself for the failure of the film <laughs> uh, and so, so it's an place between him and the, the people behind it playing themselves basically talking about how much of an arsel David was during the film and, and intersplice with the footage that they actually shot for the film from a different angle of why the film didn't work out mm-hmm. and uh, they showed the wrestling scene in a minute and I didn't expect this but it was going through the credits and somebody pointed out to me it was one of my friends who was also at the wrestling match pointed out I'm credited as wrestling fan number two <laughs>
0: Well Scott, you claim to fame. I'm talking to a legit star.
1: I tell you, I'm gonna be an Iron TV before you know it. <laughs> Although I, I did have to take my side afterwards and go, wrestling fan number two. The guy who was created wrestling fan number one didn't even show up to the screening. <laughs> yeah, we I was I was on the hill to we screening and uh we were in Glasgow they had this little film room. I can't remember what the building was called, but went up and Screen and basically we all to watch yeah. it and it was a really funny film and you know he submitted it to the uh, Glasgow you know, a local like, film festival. I'm actually thinking of having David on an episode of No Rogues Bard uh, to talk about it at some point so uh, stay tuned for that hopefully but yeah I got to be in a, a briefly in a film that my friend made actually turned to be quite funny.
0: That's a great story, I one. Be rocking up on East standards before you know it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah sure I look forward to that <laughs> hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm ter- i' i like I'm turning my nose it if they if they all made the money I probably take it even though I've never watched them but hmm, hmm.
0: uh you're also telling me off there that um, you when um is it free guy and Chang chi is um dropping on um sixty plus
1: yeah i believe I can't remember that day but late November. Probably well, close enough to the time of uh, Hawkeye starting. Shang-Chi going to be on Disney Plus, not behind premiere, but for free to, uh, to watch. I think they're going with this whole uh, 40 or so days after release, they uh, will release it on Disney Plus. So, and they're not doing what they do with the Black Widow, they decided to release it in cinemas now that things were open up. And they've seen how, like, how well it was doing, both of I think that's going to be the plan going forward: release it on in cinemas. And then wait like 40 odd days, then release it on <laughs> Disney. Plus. And Free Guy, I think, came out back in July or start August. And that's actually coming out, I think, sometime next week. Uh, the Ryan Reynolds uh, video game still film. And it's directed and does also feature Tiger Watiti. So, you no, know, after Thor, anything directed by him, I'm all there.
0: Yeah, no, that looks uh, well worth a watch. Anything with Ryan Reynolds in it as well is uh, mm-hmm. usually pretty good. And yeah, I think um, Black Widows is uh, October 6th. I think I've seen that scheduled for on Disney Plus. So uh, if you haven't watched that yet, there's, there's your opportunity there.
1: Yeah, uh, I heard it was be October. I think Disney Plus, remember the time that Shang-Chi comes out, they're doing this whole thing where they're going to release like, some content that's already released but move it to Disney Plus. I think Junk Cruise is now already on Disney Plus where you don't have to pay for it. Uh, and they're releasing like some specials as well at some point. So, you know, they're slowly, they're basically, they're I think they're starting to find a balance after, you know, after those lawsuits of when, when they're going to release content, you know, cinemas or if it's when it's going to go on Disney Plus. So, I think they're going to fight. I think uh, for the sake of Disney's and Marvel's like legal departments, I think they this was the best thing for them uh, after, like you said, the re- like I said, the recent lawsuits, but. Uh, also today as we we're recording today, I believe Netflix are doing some event or they're giving uh, exclusive looks at some of their upcoming films and, and shows like new series of like Stranger Things and stuff like that. So, you know, I think there's some stuff in the Witcher's gonna be new season The Witcher's probably gonna be showing. I know you're you're into that. I've not watched it, but I know you're a fan of that, Carl.
0: Yeah, I watched the first season and I uh, really enjoyed it. So, looking forward to uh, the second season. I think that's in December. I think that's uh, coming out if I remember correctly. And also, uh, this week uh, saw so Star Trek: Visions land on Disney Plus. They've released all nine episodes. They're all quite short. Um, between fifteen minutes and just over twenty minutes, so they're not very long, and they're, they're pretty cool. The, world, the ones I've watched so far, different blends of anime, and uh, yeah, sort of intertwining a lot of Japanese culture and stuff into the Star Wars sort of mythos. You know, if it's just, you know, if you like anime, if you're into the Animatrix, which uh, <laughs> older older viewers because a lot of people probably were born when that came out. But uh, it's a lot like that, and it's quite enjoyable. I doubt we'll be covering it, but it is worth it is worth a look if you like anime and Star
1: Wars. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if we'll, if we'll uh, cover it. If we have a spare week where we haven't got anything, maybe we'll consider it. But I did, I've seen it I advertised, I haven't actually watched it, but I was surprised to see that they dropped it all at once, I thought this is going to be a weekly uh, thing but apparently not because uh, i know what if was also is also a weekly and that's only got a couple of episodes left of that because there's nine episodes planned for that for the first season so it'll be interesting uh, when i get around to that I'll, i'm quite intrigued to see what happens there because i'm not the biggest anime guy not i don't nothing against it i just haven't really watched a lot of it you know pokemon and stuff like that that's you know uh, that's the kind of anime I've I've watched and I know true anime fans like that doesn't properly count and it's too popular uh, in the western side or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I don't talk to many anime fans. You know, so I'll, I'll give it a shot definitely because obviously it's involved with Star Wars so I'll give it a shot. Also The Witcher I've not seen it but you know, I think if we at some point next year if we're looking for a new CU to start uh, maybe look over at Net- what Netflix are doing. Take a wee trip away from Disney Plus at some point. I'd be willing to give The Witcher a go for the, the podcast if you're interested in that at some point
0: yeah definitely if um, you want to get into it and, and you enjoy it enough to talk about it I'll definitely be up for that
1: yeah because I know I heard like there was books and then that got that into the video games but the series uses apparently more of like the books than the video games which upsets some video games people so you know it's a whole other thing I need to try and wrap my head around, uh, not around I don't know if I'm going to give you a look at that film Red Notice or Red Something I can't remember it's called with uh, him Gal Gadot and The Rock or I still used to call him The Rock uh, with Dwayne Johnson in it but you know everyone knows what I'm talking about they've got this like heist film that's in the trailer for which looks pretty good uh, and I'm interested because there's going to be a look at one of the shows I'm really looking forward to uh, Umbrella Academy that's coming back for a third season.
0: That's not that's not one I've got around to watching the Umbrella Academy. I'm not sure if I've really <laughs> fancy that one, if I'm honest, but
1: uh, it's a, It is a strange one. I wasn't quite sure about it at first, so it, take, it takes the first few episodes, the first essay for you really get your head around what's happening, but once you you start to understand it, you you can really start to enjoy it. But you know, there's something for everybody. I think it's I think it's even called Tadun or something like that, or Tadum or whatever like that. Like going to take the piss out of the, reference to like the weird noise that Netflix sometimes makes when you open, and that's what the name of this event called that's actually happening right now as we're recording.
0: All right, fair play. So, are we ready to get into um, subject at hand then?
1: Yes, we are. Yes. Uh, as we said before we started, we have made just kind of brief notes, so we're probably just going to go through this uh the way we usually do, but with a few tweaks here and there given that we're talking about. Multiple episodes in one, which we're not—we don't often do.
0: Yeah, so there's four episodes, and I'll just cover the briefest bullet points as a try and uh, explain the episodes, if <laughs> or as brief as I can keep it. Um, I'll sort of let you know when I jump from episode to episode. So the first episode: uh, cut and run. Um, the guys from the
1: unit—is it Unit Ninety Nine? Is that what they're actually? Yeah, that was the, the day nation. Yeah. I think I think we're better off calling them the Bad Batch or
0: Fair do, Right. So the Bad Batch, they go to um visit uh Cut, who was from um a previous episode on a Clone Wars. He's a clone that basically left the ranks and set up uh, a little family for himself on a farm. Uh so they go to Lilo there. Um he actually wants to to leave the planet because of the the impending empire, but they've introduced something called a chain code. Um, it's probably like a destination code for every person, by the lot's all very sort of um, Nazi, and um, none of them have a have a chain code, and they're worried that they'll um, be noticed. So. Um, Basically, they sneak aboard the um, Empire's little base or whatever it is to steal the chain codes. I think Omega, Omega gets involved as well. She's often getting herself into to trouble and doing her own thing against the other's uh, wishes. Hunter sort of thinks maybe he could leave her with um, Cut and his family. Might be better for her, but she's not keen on the idea. I think she's growing quite attached to Hunter and the Bad Batch crew. So um, that doesn't happen. They end up getting the chain cones anyway. Um, Hunt, uh, not Hunter, Cut and his family just about get away and leave the planet. And um, so do uh, the Bad Batch. With uh, Amiga still in tow. So that's basically um, episode two. Uh, the replacements have got oh, quite... A, this probably the one I've got the most notes for. Quite a lot goes on in this one. Um, we sort of see a bit more of Crosshairs and um, Admiral Tarkin, who's now Governor, Governor Tarkin, and they're looking at... Um, experimenting on crosshairs, uh, sort of conditioning him I suppose to to follow their orders. they have also got I um, think they're also looking at recruiting inscription soldiers as well uh, soldiers that will uh, maybe not be quite as good genetically as the um, clones but people they can train up and they will follow orders to the latter and that's what they're sort of hoping to gain from that whereas uh, the bad batch they crash land on some sort of planet um i think they get attacked by some sort of creature stop me if i'm getting any of these episodes mixed up scott and no, no. i think it I think it takes a capacitor or something that they need, and there's like like a I think they call it a moon dragon. So yeah, I think it's
1: more a moon than a planet that they they land on. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and this is like moon dragon. It, it takes the support and component from the ship and runs off with it. And Hunter and could uh, sort of go after it to try and track the thing down. Meanwhile, Crosshouse is sent with a group of these inscripted soldiers to take out. Uh, some of the rebels and uh, Sol Guerrera from the planet they were on from the first episode where uh, Unit 99, the Bad Batch sort of were sent to execute them, but um, but they didn't basically. So they're hoping these lot will uh, succeed where the Bad Batch failed. Uh, they get there, they find um, the, reb- the rebels, no Sol Guerrera though. Uh, they, uh, they sort of ask him a question, um, they refuse to answer, so Crossair decides to execute one of them. One of the other inscripted soldiers isn't keen on that, and Crosses goes on about following orders that they sent me to lead you lot because I'll do what's necessary. He shoots and kills the, uh, the soldier that... Sort of bolt and uh off screen he uh shoots the remaining rebels so quite dark actually mm-hmm. for uh animation um in the end uh i think something happens to hunter does he get knocked out or something when he's tracking this mm-hmm. moon dragon and amiga ends up following it, um retrieving the the part too much hassle. I think the I moon mean, sort of means anybody any harm. By the looks of it, back on uh, imperial base, Tarkin's pretty impressed with crosshairs and the uh, and the troops, and they sort of agreed to sort of cast a wider net and try and encrypt uh, en- encrypt enlist more um, soldiers from around the galaxy uh, to their ranks. Uh, the show sort of closes with Wrecker making Amiga a little sort of bedroom of her own, which is a nice touch. So they're all sort of starting to accept one of the, so accept one another now. They're all growing quite quite close to mm-hmm. Amiga and The Bad Batch, which is quite cool to see. Uh, and then episode three is cornered. Probably my favourite episode out of the... Um, Sorry, episode four is cornered because we've already done episode one. Get yeah, myself lost. Sorry, so <laughs> episode four is cornered. Uh, as I say, um, probably my favourite episode because we see the return of a favourite character, mm-hmm. uh, F- Fennec Shand. Um has been hired. Well, I don't know if you thought thought the same thing as me, but I've initially thought she'd been hired to track down and kill the Bad Batch. But, um, turns out in the end, she was she's actually been employed to bring in Omega. Um, so perhaps she's been, um, hired, hired by the, what are the What are the I can't pronounce it. The the, Knamanones, yeah. to to bring her back so it's a very good episode lots of action and chase scenes sort of um, Amiga runs into Fennec and she pretends to be the friend at first but quickly reveals her true colors I have a bit of a sort of like a space car chase don't they in the in the skies they basically um, get the, get away from fenix Shen, but she's but she's still um obviously uh, still alive and kicking because this is before the mandalorian so i dare say uh she'll show up in future episodes and cause more trouble there's also like a b plot where um echo is sold to like uh a, a tradesperson as a droid and then he frees the other droids so they can go and fix their help fix their ship because otherwise they won't get it fixed fast enough. Um, so, so there's a little side plot there oh, for those of you who are interested. And then there's episode five. I think it's Rampage. I have written it down.
1: I think. I think that's it, that, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Rampage they're sort of hired by uh i think it's like an alien called Sid, i think that's 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 what it sounds like to me oh my is not always that great on these sort of tv shows um to say to save some kid called is it moochie um well they believe it's a kid anyway so anyway they go to this base where these slave traders have uh got all these different people uh To you know, slaves to work. They see um, a bloke and this kid, so they automatically think that's Moochie. Um, The bad batch leaves Amiga behind, uh, which proves to be a good decision in the end because they all get managed to get themselves captured, and uh, Amiga is able to sneak into the base. And just as she gets caught, she's able to free this. sort of baby rancor isn't it Mm -hmm. the same sort of creature Luke battles in Jabba's palace at the beginning of Return of the Jedi isn't it Mm -hmm. I'm
1: assuming I think think given the uh, the end of this episode it might be the exact one given who they were bringing it back to
0: Uh, yeah yeah it could be actually because yeah I suppose this would be before Return of the Jedi wouldn't it Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? Bad bat? No, no, no. Bad batch is after, isn't
1: it? No, it's after episode three. I'll say orders, yeah, yeah, that's movie. it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You're right. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting myself muddled up.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite hard when you've got like, so like Mando and Boba Fett coming out, uh, and on the other either side of this, which are both set after Return, but then you have got this one that's set just after the prequel, before the original. So all these shows come out in the Thor universe, but they some of them have timelines all over the place.
0: I blame Loki. It's it's you know <laughs> I've, got, I've gone off on my own timeline and I don't know where I am. <laughs> so uh, it turns out Mushi is the Rancor, and that's who they have to uh, capture and bring back. Um, luckily, um, oh, what's his blimmin' name? The big bloke. Hey, Recca, that's it I to have him for some reason. I don't know. And I knew I knew that was wrong. Um uh, fights um the baby ranker and is able to wear they sort of wear each other out basically. So they're able to um capture uh capture uh Muchi um bring her back to Sir to pays them a fair amount of money and um we see Jabba the uh, Hutt's right-hand man come and collect um, chief, which is uh, pretty cool.
1: Yeah, uh, Bev Fortuna, I believe is his name, which is mentioned that we see him the episode after Phoenix Shan. Uh, shows up because we, as we saw remember at the end of uh, Mando season 2, Shan, along with Boba Fett, ends up killing so Portuna and Nora for Boba Fett to take mm. his places ahead of Tatooine. As we'll see in a few months, on more expanded upon, more and bigger Boba Fett.
0: So yeah, so that's episodes two to five. What did you, what do you think of these episodes, Scott? And did you have a pref, you know, a favourite?
1: I think the best way is great, but I think the uh, even-numbered episodes are better than the odd-numbered ones. Uh, but out of, the, out of the four, episode four would have been my my favourite because, you know, much of the second half, at least, of the episode is an extended kind of chase with uh, Shand, Hunter, and Omega. It kind of, when they, when they steal the speeders as well, it reminded me of a, one of the better scenes from Attack of the Clones where Obi-Wan and Anakin are in the speeder chasing after the, the bounty hunter that works for Jango that tried to kill Padme. And they're chasing after through Coruscant on the speeder and everything. Uh, So that's what kind of put me in mind of. And I think it's quite interesting, like you said, that they don't tell you like who hired her, even when they get information about her from Sid in episode five, they still say like, it's unknown who hired her. But given the the conversation between the two Kaminoans in episode three, you'd think it might have been them because they talk about their contingency plan about a new host for new clones. uh, And they look down in the canteen and they're looking at the exact table but the Bad Bats sat in, in episode one because that was now empty. So you'd think it'd be one of them, but then given Omega was the target, you'd think maybe it is her, but then the fact that they don't tell you who it was eh, gives you some kind of doubt. Maybe there's somebody else at play we don't know yet.
0: Yeah, it's um, all, all quite interesting. Uh, that's another interesting um, bit I've left out of uh, my, my analysis of... Um, the replacements episode three yeah the Kamoans are quite um keen to keep their contract with the empire aren't they and uh, they're not happy about this enlisting idea but uh Tarkin's not keen on the clones Mm -hmm. so yeah as you say they're looking for something um so yeah some plan b as you say which could be omega it could be something else it's all quite interesting but it was it was fun to see fennec Chand and you knew as soon as you heard a voice who it was because um the proper actress doing the the, the voice which is always cool.
1: yeah absolutely. yeah she kind of did the reverse of what a book uh kitty uh, did with Boca time where when Boca time went from you know, live, uh, animated to live action, she's kind of done the reverse, as it were. Uh, I, I was starting to wonder, remember when I first watched it, where, when the hell she was going to shot, so I was happy to see her in episode four. And uh, like episode two, when I say, like when they went back to I'd kind of forgotten about him. I'd remembered watching that episode of The uh, Clone, I can't remember what season it was, and I think maybe two or three, but I think it's Rex that discovers him. And you know, he, for a while, so he's kind of conflicted. Do I tell like the others uh, that he's here, or do I not? Like rat him out? Cause basically, he's just like I got tired of the war that didn't seem like it was going to end, so I wanted a quiet life, and that's why you know he left.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. I wasn't expecting sort of him to show up again, really, because he it, it wasn't really sort of a major sort of character. And I don't remember the bad batch ever meeting him, but they must have crossed past and heard about what he was doing somehow mm-hmm.
1: and uh, and like it also like, lets you know that rex is, is still out there somewhere and obviously he's he does not turn like the others and everything you'd know that if you've seen the end of like the clone wars when he fights with ahsoka but also the bad bacteria knowing that rex is kind of still out there and yeah like i said uh, like, i didn't expect to see like a character like him pop up i think that's kind of the Again, the good thing about Dave Filoni is that he was involved in Clone Wars and Rebels, so you can kind of bring characters like that back and within and with the continuity that's been kind of set up. And it's kind of him that uh, kind of shows Hunter and that, like, how different things are, like, with kids as opposed to, you know, being a soldier all the time. And that's what kind of influences our decision to maybe we shouldn't bring her, and we ask, you know, she's in a lot of danger if she stays with us, so maybe she should go with them and have a normal life.
0: Yeah, and it kind of makes sense that they would think that would be best for Megan. It probably would have been, but she wasn't keen on that idea. As I say, she'd already grown quite attached to to the Bad Batch. So um, yeah, she wanted to stay with them, which you, which you can understand
1: as well. Yeah, definitely. I think oh, well, there's a common theme throughout all uh, four of these episodes. And that's kind of them establishing, okay, we, we didn't want to follow what the Empire was doing, but what do we do now? You know, we're out on our own now. And so they're trying to like, not get caught, but they also need money and need supplies and everything, but they need to figure out how to get them. And at the end of episode five, you know, Sid offers them maybe to basically do jobs for her. Because uh, that seems to be the thing in, in Star Wars, where for most people who don't want to be part of like, the Empire or the Republic or anything like that, the main work is basically be a bounty hunter or be a mercenary.
0: It does seem to be, yeah, or or a smuggler.
1: <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, I think watching these back for a second time, uh, I liked episode three a little bit more than I did the first time, although out of the four, I think I'd say episode five is probably the one would probably be at the bottom if I had to rank them from best to worst. Uh, I, think, I think my thing with episode three, though, is I think maybe you could have done without the whole the plot on the the ship and the minute or done it a bit less and I think the stuff with crosshair uh, should have been the primary focus of the episode. Like if you did the whole episode like, on Camino with uh, with Crosshair and the were the news we recruits, I think that would have been cool. Because that was one of the things with Rebels in the Core that you could shift the focus of the episodes to be about different characters. And given its colour replacements, if you focus more on crosshair I think it would suit the title of the episode because the only real thing, main thing you need to really see from the Bad Batch side is uh, well, we'll say Omega finds a new way of getting the, the the capacitor back from the creature because it it was just it felt thrown by the bright lights of the ship. But the main thing is Ricker also learning how to deal with a child being around. He makes Omega's you kind know, of room for her on the ship. But other than that, there's not really much else on the Bad Batch side that you really need to see in episodes. I think the main most interesting parts of it are with crosshair
0: yeah it is quite interesting across there as well because it'd be interesting to see if he ever sort of is able to um come back to the to the bad batch fold or is it or is he lost for good because he he seems pretty committed to his his role in as in the empire at the moment as as we saw the Towards the end of the episode, where he sort of executed everybody, so yeah. um, I don't know. Is he can he can he be redeemed and brought back to the fold, or or, or is he gone? It's quite it's quite intriguing.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. The how dark that, that scene is after he kills the uh, the other recruit who had been basically undermining him the whole thing, Like they're on this ship, and he basically they're like, "Well, if you know the clones are so good, why do they need to recruit people like us?" You know. He's not going to be in charge for much longer. So eventually he's just he was just looking for a reason to get to shoot him probably. And Crossroads was probably happy when he started talking back to him so he could just shoot him. But also it's the fact that you don't see it, because also I think that would be a bit too dark for, for animation and for Disney Plus. But like the fact that you don't see it I think makes it even darker than if you did see it. So that really plays into
0: yeah, yeah, it really does. It's not sort of, it's not sort of for a very young audience, I wouldn't say.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it's interesting because you talk about them potentially being redeemed, you've got uh, the group, you know, Omega's looking through the gear, he finds the, the part that they need. And he says, oh, but this, in turns out it'd be one of, uh, some of Crosshair's gear. And they're like, and record there's that to a bit, and Rick goes, okay, I'll admit it, I kind of miss him they're talking about, you know, it's not his fault, maybe it's his chip, maybe we can bring him back, so it shows, you know, them being good, they have some faith in Crosser, even though, as they point out, when they say Rarecraft, he says he missed him, like, didn't he shoot you?
0: Yeah, and the thing is, they don't know what he's done with um, the other the other rebels, do they? So, um, mm-hmm. whether opinions might change, if they ever learn, learn of that, I don't know.
1: Yeah, potentially. Uh, also, uh, the new Admiral comes in, uh, Rampart, who's uh, very much behind the whole, you know, bringing in clo- uh, troopers who possibly become the Stormtroopers, who... I think they should have listened to Nala Su, the, the head of community, who basically said, try to warn him, that they'll never have the capacity or the skill of, you know, clones. And I think... I wish he, I kind of wish he'd, he'd, he'd really listen to that, because as we've seen in later seasons like, of Mandalorian, and in like the original trilogy, they can't shoot for shit. So he, he really should have listened. And you know, he's all like, "Oh well, we think we really rule the the galaxy." And there's other ways of getting people to you know to sign up. So basically, forcing people to join the Empire and be troopers. And also how he, he shows how Callous he is as a member of the Empire, because when they come back one short, he basically says, "Ah oh, well, they, they knew the risks."
0: <laughs> yeah, he uh, doesn't really give a toss, does he? Um... Talking and yeah as you say it's if he had hindsight perhaps uh they would have been prepared to spend the extra money <laughs> and uh, keep the clowns because uh, the store troopers are practically useless
1: mm-hmm. don't, don't it, the whole thing with the, the chain codes. basically i think it shows also the impact of the empire because we've seen in things like rebels or the original trilogy we've seen the empire like already established and everything but this is them um, solubitarily them changing things to how they used to be on compared to the Republic and the whole thing the chain code. You compared to kind of like, I, I, I thought it was more, you know, kind of big brothers watching, you know, like, or like, you know, what we have seen stories in the last few years of a big government, you know, taking people's data and everything. So I think that's kind of thing like keeping eyes on everybody. Like Everybody's got a code, they can track people who could be an issue or if they track, if they've got somebody's code, they can basically force people to basically, like as I said before, sign up and be a, a clone trooper. Or thorn trooper.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a very, uh, it's a very oppressive regime, the Empire. So you, you can kind of see why uh, so many rose up
1: against it. Mm-hmm. And they even like, even surely like, the difference between them and the Republic uh, that slave traders never survived survive. Like the leader of them basically says that, oh, well, somebody said was well, illegal under the Republic. Like, well, we're not in the Republic anymore. So basically, now that the Republic's gone, certain people like them can now have more freedom to do whatever they want.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's uh it's a very different world than if, and yeah, the the Empire's obviously prepared to turn blind eyes to different things and tighten down on others.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And you see like different worlds like uh, people kind of been pushed around in episode two uh on Silicon Valley about like when they haven't got their credits, but then you see and I think in episode four you've got people cheering the end of the war and everything. So it's just very know, people in different parts of the universe, some are willing to follow the new empire and some kind of aren't. So that, that's interesting to see like different sides of it.
0: Yeah, and there's also the fact that, you know, you're celebrating because you think the war, the war is over, but what you don't realise is what's to come is is going to be far worse because <laughs> uh, the, the empire is going to gradually take away your freedom.
1: Yeah, and I think it is good that they as, as we joke about, you know, they shouldn't have got rid of the clones because they're much better kind of, in terms of fighting. But it, it does show also the influence the Empire now has and how they kind of take over where now they've got eyes on everybody across the galaxy uh, and control over everything because they've got like codes and so they can track them. And also they they basically control every part of the galaxy. They can get recruit people from every part of it to then join like the Stormtroopers so also they don't so, so they're never like threatened at any point. So basically, trying to build this, you see the building of the empire, which I think is another. I almost want to say staple, but like the main because the main plot is the bad Batch But the same thing is we're seeing the empire slowly but surely become what it will become.
0: Yeah, and it's quite an interesting aspect of the show, to be honest. As sort of as the empire sort of finding its feet, and as you say, laying the sort of foundations to what it would become, looking at enlisting soldiers and yeah, how they go about sort of registering and uh, oppressing oppressing uh, the not the sort of normal folk.
1: Yeah, I, I like how they kind of like, had to like keep like cut, and the others had to kind of keep themselves like covered because obviously like the clone scene like, they immediately recognise them, and like you said, somebody already almost does. Very cut, but because of the bad batch are fighting over with the ship, they get he gets called away as reinforcements. So before you can even question him, he just like, ah, on you go and runs off. So he very near the bad batch kind of, while causing a bit of a more noise than they wanted to, they kind of saved cut from kind of getting called in.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was uh, he was very lucky there, wasn't he? So uh, <laughs> that'll type for the past, and they kind of sort of see how. Uh, Amiga's never really left the the, 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 um, the planet she was on has she? She's very excited about even dirt and stuff you see in, in certain episodes and she just wants to sort of run off and, ex- and explore and often lands herself in a bit of trouble here and there uh...
1: Yeah because also like, Camino is pretty much from what we've seen it's just a mostly a water based planet so, I uh, so, yeah, she's not even seen Dirt before. And I thought it was weird, also, because like, at first, like, you're like, well, you're, a, you're maybe a lab assistant and this big facility that, like, creates clones and you don't even know what Dirt is, but, again, she's never been off the Camille, so she's never seen it before. And Like you said, how excited she is just by the concept and, like, cuts kids are wanting to join in a game with her, and, like, I, I don't know, what what's the purpose of, of this? Like, you throw the ball, you're meant to catch it, because uh, she's never seen kids before, but they kids, obviously, 'cause they're maybe like uhly and kind of low because that's a dessert or they've never seen another kid before either.
0: Yeah, so it's also new and exciting. And uh doesn't she run off after a ball and she's not supposed to or something and as well it's uh and gets herself into a little bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, and uh, she nearly gets attacked by some creature which cut way yeah, I might have to save her from, but Hunter kind of yells at her, but then that's when Cut sits in and goes shows him, like, how, he, how inexperienced Hunter is with kids. Like, you can't just yell at her the same way you would, with, like, a soldier that doesn't follow yours. You know, she, remember, she's, you know, I know they really, really treat her like a child, but I'm, so there are times where I'm, like, where I'm not sure if they should be treating her like a child because, like, technically she's a, a clone with her growth syndicate, kind of like Boba was. Even though she looks like a child, she technically isn't one, but it's a major nitpick, I don't want to, you know, the question table on any other people behind the, the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's also uh, very intelligent as well. So, even though it doesn't come across because she doesn't understand all these different worlds and that, but uh, from a sort of scientific standpoint, she <laughs> she's pretty bright.
1: Yeah, and, and she does her like, tell, like and it kind of does lead to some like, if like, when she gets given. Crosshair kind of Comlink in episode five. She's kind of playing around with it, and like she's like, "Echo, what is your position?" And he's done right behind her, like that's not a toy, Roger. <laughs> 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 and all that's just kind of playing about with it. But yeah, she just showing she's kind of capable, and she kind of provides another perspective for them at times, like to see things from another thing. Because like Hunter tries to like hunt the uh, the creature on the moon, uh, the moon dragon, and. Uh, like and he gets like taken out for and she has to help him and then she realizes that it's the light that interferes so she throws the flashlight for it and that distracts it enough for her to get the part so she does have her her value to the team but they as see the so they try and pick and choose when she should get involved or times where they want her to get involved and there are times where Hunter wants her just you know stay in the ship
0: yeah and you can understand what they were just. Had uh, to stay on the ship in episode five, and uh, it sort of works to everyone's benefit. She manages to hide from the people who find the ship and mm-hmm. search it, and she sort of slips out. and She's able to to sort of rescue everybody, even though she she does get captured herself. But luckily, she was able to free the rancor just in time to mm-hmm. to cause the havoc they needed to escape.
1: Yeah, and it was like. Cool the way she was able to escape, and uh, there, he had, had the little droid. I can't remember what it was called, but uh, she tells the droid to hide. the droid, so she basically turns its lights off and just hides its legs. Just sits down, basically. And the funny thing about that droid is, like in two of these episodes, there's just scenes on the ship where you see in the background records just lifting the ship up, lifting the uh, the droid up as if it's like a dumbbell or a weight, just as he's working, he's just lifting the droid up <laughs> into. <laughs> so that was pretty funny and you mentioned the, uh, the you know, subplot with, uh, with Echo he kind of has this disguise to make him look like a droid and when the guy they're trying to get some money from like doesn't hasn't have any interest in like the stuff they've got he offers to buy uh, Echo and he's a droid and it does lead to a funny moment where they offer him like 2,000 credits and he goes off and discusses it with Hunter and goes okay fine but not at that price I'm worth more than 2,000
0: yeah and it's quite funny when um they the sort of leave the shop to go to the ship and uh, the sort of bloke tries to say something and he goes look, you got me for a bargain
1: <laughs> you see, I, think they go, I think a think all of a Hunter basically goes, yeah right, when he said I'm more, more into those and then they go they, they basically bar, they go four and then he goes nah I'll give you three, he goes alright and he kind of reluctantly goes with him because he knows he's going to leave anyway and it's about bit where he's like kind of put in charge of the others and kind of the the stupid like droid, kind of comes up to him and goes. Oh, I might be the supervisor here. And when he looks at you, he's like, you, you "Oh, you're not a droid." <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but, I think I think he has to threaten. I think he has to threaten them to stop them from uh, blowing his cover.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I want to talk about is Sid for a second. Did you do you recognise the voice of Sid?
0: I did, but I couldn't pinpoint it. I, I take it you're going to tell me who it is.
1: Yeah, because I remember watching this. And I'm like, that sounds like, and then I looked up. Yeah, it's uh, a Rhea Perlman who better known as a uh, Carla in Cheers, uh, former wife of a uh, DeVito, I think she was also in Matilda as well. That's the, that's the two things uh, I ah.
0: Mean that's pretty cool, then. Um.
1: The the two things I mainly know her from. I'm sure she's been in loads of other things.
0: Uh, I just imagine. So yeah, I'm not that. Big of a fan of the, the actress, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, I did sort of find I sort of find the voice uh, familiar all the same. Mm-hmm.
1: I kinda like her role and everything, and uh, <laughs> how they, they, they go and assume to a, a guy because uh, Echo heard of him yeah, the but I, I never actually met him. And so, he asked said not knowing it, said like, do you know where Sid is? And she goes, no. <laughs> and just wanders off <laughs> <a little mega> <laughs> <mutually> <laughs> it. Omega immediately knows it's Sid and there's a wee thing with a com from the other side of uh, our bar basically goes, I found Sid <laughs> and they uh, will just turn around and later on she basically says, I see the kids, the uh, the brains of this operation <laughs> 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 yeah interesting, interesting that basically she offers them a work for her and I think they do kind of consider we'll see that more of that and, uh, later episodes, but you also, like, mentions about Fennec it's interesting to see, like, because we see when we see her in Mandalorian, she's already got this reputation, but I was wondering where she would be at and kind of uh, Bad Batch, and when she gets, when uh, Sid's talking about her to Hunter, she says she's doing in the scene but she's already quite formidable, and she then says, my source is within the guild, representing also the, the Bounty Hunter's guild that Mando was once a part of.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... She's definitely someone not to be trifled with, as uh, we sort of learn uh, in The Mandalorian. So it'll be quite cool to see if she sort of stays a, a villain in this, or if she's got shows a bit of a softer side at some point. So that'll be uh, interesting to see. And yeah, it does seem like we'll probably see uh, Sid again. Looks like there'll be doing a few jobs for her and they also sort of learned that they can't uh can't trust everybody either because it's like the um the garage owner who sort of um dubbed them in in episode four isn't it uh to the empire tells them that they're there
1: yeah i think he actually uh, won well,
0: not, and- not yeah not the empire sorry fanek he he, he he gets in touch with us and that
1: yeah, and yet he, and he, uh, he still tries to get get them, they give them the chain code, and basically tells them, uh, that he basically gets them to bribe them, uh, and yet still goes and dresses them up. So, <laughs> so he's, he's not to be trusted.
0: Yeah, he's just after as much money as he can f- make from whoever, basically, isn't he? Mhm.
1: <laughs> basically, uh, so like you said, Yeah. Also, Omega's having to learn that she can't trust anybody. Cause, well, not everyone. Because also she wanders off, she thinks, then like, uh, somebody she can trust and immediately hunt her. Even though he doesn't know her, immediately like step away from her. Like, he knows she can't be trusted in. Like, yeah, we see from else she has, because we talk about how he enhanced the uh, Bad Batch or his clones and her skill there, but she's managed to hold her own with Hunter and she manages to take out Wrecker fairly easily. Yeah,
0: she sort of um, dodges him, and he sort of knocks himself out temporarily, doesn't he? So, yes, yeah, she's definitely uh, a very capable uh, bounty hunter.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at these episodes, like uh, out of the four, even though I have the few, I think I have the fewest notes for episode four, and yet it's the one I enjoyed the most because the majority of it is like that chasing, but they, they, it is a really well done chasing, like hunter stealing somebody's speeder. Uh, and also uh, uh, Omega is trying to desperately get away from Fennec and she ends up in the, the top of the like, towers, so which end up dangling off it, which then leads to the chase scene. And all of right, af- a up after being knocked out by and he has to come back to the ship. And he sees that he's going towards the ship in the opposite direction. There's police also going in the direction of where the fight is happening. And he's like, oh man, I'm missing all the action. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I think, like, isn't she on, like, some sort of, like, sort of space sort of dump tipper truck or something? She pulls a lever, doesn't she, and sort of tips. Yeah. I think it tips a fennec off, and uh, she goes flying on to someone else's car, and luckily her um, blaster that she lost was was there as well, or luckily for her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, some quite good stuff, and it shows that... Um, uh Omega could sort of hold her own and think on her feet as well
1: mm-hmm. yeah very much. it shows us that she's capable I think she ends up taking the uh uh a weapon that she finds when when they're helping the slave like the little uh kind of bow and arrow kind of thing that uh some of the slave uh players were using one of them drops then she picks up so now she's kind of got a weapon of her own so she's now even more capable
0: yeah definitely it'd be Interested to see if she gets to use it or if it gets confiscated or whatever.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I would say four was probably my, my favorite episode. Then then probably um then probably three. I would probably say two's my least favourite, actually. Huh.
1: I would actually interestingly i go get a ranking them from top to bottom, like in top being better, I'd go four to three <sighs> and then five
0: mm play, Yeah, I'd go uh four, three, five and two.
1: There you go. And that's that's why you and I differ, Carl. We differed on that we differed on that more than we differed when we ranked all the other Star Wars stuff. <laughs> uh, Fifteen we had only a, a few differences in the top five, and yet we differed on that out of four things we were ranking more than more than that entire list.
0: Well, I just thought episode, no, that was just like a terrible episode, but I just thought it was sort of very sort of procedural and predictable. So it uh, wasn't, wasn't as uh, good as the others for me. Like, I quite like the little twist that on, um, in episode five, that Moochie was the, the rancor and not and like the, the, the little girl they thought they were rescuing. So I thought yeah. that was quite a good touch, and I thought there's some good bits in that episode.
1: Yeah, I think with I think uh, said does see it's a kid, and then when they come out, you could have told us it was a ranker. Like oh, I guess it slipped my mind then. <laughs> uh, so she intentionally didn't them. Uh, I, in the episode, two, I can get where are coming from. I think especially when you're following that episode, uh, you, that that episode follows up you no know, kind of the hour-long, uh, pile episode that had a lot of action in it. I can understand where you're coming from. It does lead to for kind of a trick thing where you have a goal that they have to do and then 15 minutes there's your first obstacle, how do you get around that? Then there's an obstacle a few minutes later. So like I said, it is in some aspects quite procedural, but I do like the way that Tech has this plan. He and Echo I think in the episode get a lot more focus than they would have otherwise, cause it seems like Omega Wrecker and uh, Hunter are kind of the main focus of the group and Hunt, uh, Echo and Tech kind of come in occasionally when they're needed, but they do get quite a bit of focus in the episode because the other ones at the impound trying to get the the chain codes for them. It you know, so confident plan planned but every so often when something, as soon as something goes wrong Echo's quick to point out how wrong things are going.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Echo and Tackle um, definitely the brains of the situation but as you say the, uh, the episodes so far do seem to put sort of Hunter, Omega and Racka sort of more in front and focus so far.
1: Yeah, even Crosshair like I said basically, on episode 3 it's a lot more focused than those two often would, but those two do have a good thing in episode three when the, the creature's kind of lurking and uh, they go around and they have the flashlight and they go around the side of the ship and they see the big like, claw marks.
0: Yeah, no, that, that, that's quite an ominous sight. You, you mm. would be quite concerned to see that and probably, probably would think the... The main dragon thing is sort of out to get you, but as you say, it was just basically startled by the lights and not really into hurting anybody.
1: Yeah, it does. They do have a similar bit moment to like uh, I mentioned in the pilot episode, with uh, with taking the episode where he suddenly has all this information about the main dragon and everything, and we only he only mentions it after it's kind of like like rattled them and it took the capacitor with it with it and. Echo once again, is like, and you chose now to mention it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think there's much else to close these episodes, and I'll say uh, I think we're right doing these episodes all in what bunches because uh, you get a lot more talk, especially when you're following, you can see a lot of plots falling through one episode to the next, like, we didn't even talk about uh, something that might play into, might play off more later uh, with Wrecker having this headache. Or he keeps complaining about
0: yeah definitely that might be something to do with his chip or something mightn't it I, I suppose we'll uh, as I say things might unfold and uh, we'll we'll learn more about the characters as the show goes on and perhaps see more of what the Empire planning on doing as well
1: yeah definitely like, uh, I think like, as much as it's working out this the main standard of these uh, that we about. I think the next one we're going to do is uh, 6 through 9, and uh, not to give too much away about it, but as somebody who's already like seen them, I think 6 and 7 are kind of getting this slow, 6 more so than 7, but episodes 8 and 9 are really good, and I can't wait to talk about episodes 8 and 9, but also I don't want to give too much away for either you or anybody who's watching this, who's listening to us, who hasn't seen it yet.
0: All ah, right, cool. So I'll definitely be looking forward to watching those in the next few days. Um that sounds uh, well good. If you're that excited about
1: them, mm-hmm. yeah, because like some people thought that the season kind of took a bit of a, a had a bit of a lull in the middle of it, but and you can see of episode five and six particularly they kind does because as them um, like I said, try to find their way, and sometimes you can't have episodes that are always uh, always have so much action in it, but you know. I think it does pay off later on, but again, we'll talk about it more next time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, as a whole, I would say quite a strong start to the to the series. To mm. be fair,
1: yeah, I, I definitely agree with. Also, I think you had to have a have a slower episode, in episode two after the pilot, but does have that quite a bit action in the for uh, the I've seen Episode three, like I guess, said I have mixed feelings about, I like the crosshair stuff. Don't like some of the other stuff. 4, like you said, the standard, and then, yeah, this is a shame I'm not as big a fan of 5, because for me, it felt like, oh, we've got these episodes that are good in their own way, then ah, there's episode 5 to finish on. So, <laughs> I feel like I was, we're finishing on not the best note, just me personally.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I do think it was a fantastic episode, either, but it was it was watchable, I enjoyed it more than uh, episode 2, but none, none of them, uh, I wouldn't say anything, None of them are terrible episodes for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say the same.
0: Yeah, that's that's it. Do you want to do your plugs, Scott?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ScottMcCloud1996. Uh, <sighs> follow uh, Rogue Opinions at Rogue Square Opinions. Obviously, follow Scott and Paul's on podcast at SB Rambling. Yeah, the most recent episode that went up on Earthfeed and Rogue Opinions. Uh, it's our, one of our many different series that we have got going, and this is our Impact series titled Making an Impact. This is our 11th episode, and we've talked about the past couple of Impact Plus specials, uh, Emergence and Homecoming show, and uh, next thing you hear is next month with that. When, when we do an episode of that, next month we'll be talking about the recent Victory Road, the upcoming Knockout show, and we'll make some predictions for Barrington for Glory as that's fast approaching. Uh, the next episode gotten pulled Scott and Paul podcast, though next week will be uh, a history of the light heavyweight championship. We like doing little retrospectives now and then. And we to uh, to try and do retrospectives on particular eras or particular title belts. So we're going to do one about the forgotten WWF light heavyweight title. Uh, we opinions. Uh, I think me and Nathan are going to do something for Extreme Rules. Uh, and we've been meaning a schedule, uh, schedule the Backlash review for a while. But it's uh, a bit slow, but that will come up eventually. Uh, Also, if you're into your quizzes, uh, on Each Leaps of Each Retreat's YouTube channel, you can see me uh, defending my Quiz Showdown Championship on Quiz Showdown 14. Uh, I can't remember the subtitle of it, but it's a TV-related quiz, as opposed to wrestling, as I have five challengers looking to step up to me and try and see who knows the most useless information and who watches the most TV. I think I have a claim to that. So (laughs) if you want to see if I manage to win Go ahead and check that out, and you know, you know, and you know, if you want me to be wrestling fan number one or any other extras in your upcoming films, let me know. As I'm now a big time film star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had to pay for the privilege of posing with him. He's that famous now.
1: I'll be, uh, I'll be on cameo next. <laughs>
0: Six, s- 10 pounds for a cameo with Scott McLeod.
1: Much like Echo, I think I'm a lot worth more. I'm more worth more than that. Or if I do charge <laughs> that, I'll just end all my games going. You got this for a bargain.
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, my my sort of plugs sound piss poor compared to Scott's. <laughs> um but yeah i've got um the road chronicles of uh liam uh there's um anton sugar from um no good for old men that that was the late one to go up um look out for one on agent smith from the matrix franchise that's the next one that's due to go up any time now probably um well i'm not too sure when this goes out so it might be out already or it might just be a few days away so just keep your eyes out for that also check out uh Opinions.wordpress.com for blogs and uh, articles on various different things on our website, so please check that out. Um, There might also be another football pod with Nathan around the corner if we can get it scheduled, but uh, as I know, we might not feel like it, especially after uh, today's events where we (laughs) lost to Aston Villa, but the less less said about that, the better. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think that's all i've got going on at the moment uh, i mean you can find me at uh, carlos uh, 80 underscore no carlos underscore fire 80 at twitter and instagram and you can find us at rogue underscore opinions on twitter and instagram all uh, right good uh,
1: yeah thank you everybody for listening uh Listen to the outro uh, music we use and l- listen to the last, and try and remember the one we used for the last episode. We've got a re-running theme with the outros for our bad batch episodes. See if you can spot it.
0: Yeah. And if you can't, well, you know, putting ain't easy.